up, 11:15. How you feeling this morning? Let me hear you. So good to see everybody. I already got a chance to meet people I don't know. If I've not met you before, my name's Shane. Along with my wife Rachel, we have just the incredible, um, real privilege of serving as lead pastors here at Resonate. And we're just so, so glad that you're here. I want to take a couple moments and celebrate a couple things before we get into today's message. The first thing I want to mention is that, uh, that this week you were a part of making a difference in our city. In fact, uh, together we had teams morning and night making breakfast, lunch, and dinner for those who find themselves homeless in the Tri-Cities this winter. Close to a thousand meals over 15 days. So come on, can we give God glory that we get to be a part of that? Come on, so good. And, and, and I just want to say thank you just for the difference you're making. I think when you just look at that heartbeat, and I actually think when heaven sees that heartbeat that is like the heart of Jesus, I think heaven just sees it and is cheering it on today. And so thank you, church. You're making a massive difference. And the second thing I want to let you know is that next week is a, uh, it's a can't miss Sunday. It's, we have a guest with us. A good friend of mine by the name of John Zanting, he leads, along with his wife Nicole, he leads a church called Evolve Church in Edmonton, and, and it's just a great church. They're doing great things. They're a year and a half in, and you were a part of starting Evolve Church, both financially and relationally, and along with the chance we had to mentor them in their launch through Art Canada, and so he's going to be here. Jono is, uh, how would I describe Jono? Jono's fun. Like, if nothing else, if you get nothing out of the message next week, you're going to have a great time in church. Like, that's, you know what I mean? It's just going to be amazing, and you will get something from it, because every time I'm around him, I find myself loving Jesus more, and so you don't want to miss next week. I'm going to flip back here and turn off this bass amp that's, it's just like, that's my OCD right there. Anybody else have OCD in the room? It's like you hear a hiss, and you're like, you can't, nobody else. I'm on my own. I'm on my own. Pretend it's like a Les Mis song beside me. Anyone else? No? I'm going so many directions that none of you are going with me. And if this is going to be a success today, and I usually try and define success at the end of the day, when I, my head hits the pillow, success is usually I did not feel terribly alone and already like this is a miserable day, but... No, come on, it's going to be a good day. Here's the third thing I want to let you know. I, I, I've actually, my heart is very full. This week was my 40th birthday. And it was fun. And I just want to say thank you to everybody who, uh, who gave me a card or who messaged me on Facebook or, you know, just said hi in the lobby. Happy birthday already this morning during those few minutes of connecting. I was just getting some happy birthdays. And so thank you so much. Uh, Rachel did surprise me pretty good on Tuesday night. It was, and I knew a surprise was coming. I'll tell you how I knew. Every time I would get within five minutes of her phone, she would body check me away from her phone and she would say, stop being so nosy. And she's not usually like quite that aggressive. Aggressive, but not, anyways, uh, that aggressive. And so I knew something was up and, and it was involving multiple people. Like just, just a stream of messages coming through. Bailey almost ruined the surprise, but that's okay. I got through that. I'm just playing Bailey. Uh, and so I was like, I'm like, I know a surprise is coming. I changed my shirt in the afternoon because I'm like, I just, I know something's coming. And I was ready for it. And then yet still, when I walked into the restaurant, I was completely surprised. How does that happen? I'll tell you how it happens. We have kids. And sometimes you just get 
get to the place where the only thing you can think is, I'm going to get them into this restaurant, and they're going to eat food, and they're going to go to bed, and that's the only thing I can think about right now. And so I walked into a room with a bunch of our friends. They yelled surprise. I nearly died. It was incredible. It was so surprising. And, and here's even just why I kind of run you through all that. There's something about walking into a room and just not seeing it coming, not sure what to expect. And for some of y'all, that's what it was like walking into church today. You're like, I don't know what to expect, and I don't know what's going to go on in here. And if that's where you're at, I, I want you to know a couple things. We are really, really glad that you're here. And maybe you've been coming for a long time, and you're still just wondering around that question, do I belong here? Can I just let you know from the bottom of my heart, you really do. You belong here. You're going to be loved and valued. I pray that that is your experience here at church today. And, and no matter where you're at on the faith journey, whether you would say, I'm all in, my heart's full, and whether you'd say, I got a ton of doubt today, hey, you belong here, and you're going to be loved and valued, we're so glad to do this together. It's, it, we just love worshiping Jesus in this place, that we, we serve a great God, and this series that we're in is all about elevating our faith. Faith is, uh, we, here's what we believe in our faith, we believe that we serve a miracle-working God that still does miracles today, that does the impossible, that does things that we that could not do on our own, things that we could only imagine, that we serve a God that's like that. We are a church that believes that. And we believe uh, scriptures like this about people that lived with great faith in Hebrews 11. This is the kind of faith that I pray that we would have as a church. It, it says this, it says that through faith's power, they conquered kingdoms and established true justice. Their faith fastened on to their promises and pulled them into reality. How great is that? It was faith that shut the mouths of lions, put out the power of raging fire, caused many to escape certain death by sword. In their weakness, their faith imparted power to make them strong. Notice several times there's a connection here between faith and having power from God. Faith and power. And watch this. Faith sparked courage within them. And I think that's just the church that we are right there. We are a church that believes that God is going to give us power to accomplish victory, to see things that we've never seen before, to do great things like feed the homeless, but also to see miracles and salvation and healing. We're a church that believes all that. Come on, somebody. I said last week that we were, we were six years where doctors told us we weren't going to have kids. Our oldest has the middle name Miracle. Come on, somebody, because we believe a God of miracles still does miracles. And, and maybe that's where you're at today. You're faith mountaintop. Let's go. Maybe you're here and you're like, it feels like a real long time since heaven sort of invaded earth for you. Or maybe it feels like there's not a lot of whole super to your natural these days. And Hebrews 11 even talks about that. Uh, if you're in that place, it says that for others, it was faith that enabled others to endure. And so you might be on the mountaintop, you might be full of faith. Sometimes faith will give you the power for a great victory. And sometimes faith is just going to give you the ability to keep moving, to endure. And so wherever you're at, the hope of this series, in fact, the intent and purpose of this series, is that you would be able to get to a place where you could say, I'm full of faith. Really, that's our heart. As we journey towards an incredible season together, towards Easter, towards outreach to our city, towards we're believing for hundreds of people who've never been to church before to join us at Easter at the Hard Rock. Come on, somebody, it's going to be amazing. As we journey towards that, you know what I really want to be in this room and to be in our hearts? A lot of faith. That when others come in and feeling like there's not a lot of power going on in their life and there's not a lot of strength, that they'll step into an atmosphere of faith. That's where we're going. And so today I want to talk about why is it 
that there could be a gap between the faith you have today and the faith God's called you to live with? Why is there these gaps that we sometimes experience? And I want to talk about three ways that we can be living beneath the measure of faith God has for you. Number one would be lost faith. Number two is going to be stolen faith. And number three is going to be costly faith. Lost faith, stolen faith, and costly faith. here's, Here's the first one. It's going to be lost faith. Maybe somewhere along the way you had some faith. But for a reason you can't pinpoint, you can't find it right now. It's lost. This is like, in our lives, one of the things that I lose all the time is my wedding ring. I am a regular loser of my wedding ring. Anybody else ever lose a wedding ring? In the first service, there was like some pointing going on and and some (laughs) serious blame. Um, I'll take my ring off and kind of play with it and, you know, twirl it on a desk or something like that. And and then Rachel will say, you're going to lose your ring. And I'm, you know, I... I, if I lose it, I'll find it again. You know what I mean? That's kind of how I've, I've always operated. And so I still say that even though I haven't seen my wedding ring in five years. You know what I mean? Like I still think that it's out there somewhere and I'm going to track it down. It's gone. But I, I, it's, it's lost. Maybe that's faith for you. That at a point in time you had it. You're just not sure what happened. And, and it feels like it's missing now. Jesus talked about lost faith and as he wrote... Uh, as, as he gave this vision to John in the book of Revelation about the church in Ephesus. And this is what he had John write to this church. He said, I have this against you, that you've abandoned some things in your faith. You've abandoned that first love that you once had. And watch this one word challenge. Come on, remember. I'll think about the goodness of God. He says, come on, remember where your faith used to be at. Remember, therefore, where you have fallen. Come on, consider that you used to have more faith and, and get thinking about that again. And then he says this word, repent, which to us kind of makes us feel uncomfortable, but really it's one of the most incredible words in scripture. It doesn't mean feel bad. It means he's just saying, I'm over here. Come on, turn back, turn back, repent, turn back around. Why? Do the works that you did at first. God's calling you back to him. And maybe that's where you're at today, that, that you're at a moment of decision, just like that church in Ephesus. What I mean by a moment of decision is, is you can actually see in front of you today two paths. You can see the path that you're on and you just keep going on that path. Or you can see a path that God would have for you and you actually have a moment of decision. Now, if you're going to be on the journey of faith, all of us are going to go through some highs and some lows. There's going to be moments where your faith does not feel white hot, where it feels you know, I'm not 10 out of 10 today, I'm maybe 8 out of 10 or 7, and I'm going through something. And that's not what I'm talking about in these moments of decision. What I'm talking about here is where you've had some weary faith, but you've had it for a long time. And you've actually come to a place today where God is showing up and, and saying to you, if you don't do something about it soon, it's going to be like a switch gets flicked off in your heart. And you'll feel completely cold, and, and maybe you'll feel like, turning away and it's gone too far but come on somebody God is going to speak to your heart today and he's going to bring that that same response remember because you used to walk in here like when you used to walk up from church and you'd be coming in and and you'd hear the music just kind of bouncing off the walls as you walked up because you walked up a little bit late because there was only three people when we started the service but you know what I mean like you just you were running and then you heard the music and you start to get those butterflies in your stomach because you're thinking something great is going to happen today that's where you used to be you used to come in you used to have your hands high and worship but today you were just kind of like yeah I'm I'm here and here's what God is saying to you he's saying remember if he was to draw out a timeline of your faith 
Would there be a point in time that God would put his finger on and say, remember that? And if there was that point, what would it be that he would be saying to remind you? What was it you were doing at that point in time? What was happening in your heart? What did the expression of your faith look like? Because he's calling you back to it today. Come on, somebody. I believe your best days of faith are yet ahead of you for all of us in this room. Come on, somebody. God's calling us. Do you have a little bit of lost faith today? First one is, is lost faith. The second place we can end up where we're living beneath the measure of faith God's called us to have would be some stolen faith. Stolen faith. This week is, is part of my birthday celebration Rachel took me to a spa, and it was incredible. It was, you'd go from hot section to cold section, so you'd have some saunas and like hot tubs, and then you'd dunk in cold water. And I don't really understand that progression. Like, I like it. It feels refreshing, but there's like, who did that first? Who was, came out of a sauna, they felt really incredible, and they're like, I should jump in ice. I don't know who did that first, why they even thought to do it, but I'm glad they did. It's quite refreshing. Um, so then we're, we're, we're going from cold to hot and hot to cold, and, and as we're going, there's one key instruction at this place, and that's you're not allowed to talk. And I don't know if you know a lot about my wife, but uh, there's like, there's this slight difference between the two of us. And I would define it this way. She's a rule breaker and I'm a rule keeper. That's kind of, that's kind of us. And so she's whispering all the time, just living on the edge is what my wife does. I'm looking, I'm looking over my shoulder for the guy that had the earpiece and the jacket that said silence, because I'm sure we're getting kicked out. Rachel is, she's audacious. She will whisper at the spa. Um, so we're in this hot section. We go to do a, a sauna for 20 minutes. And some of y'all are like, I just, I'm going right now. You need to plan a trip. Uh, so there's, we're in the hot section in the sauna. We step out of the sauna. And Rachel says, somebody stole my flip-flops. Her $2 Old Navy flip-flops have gone missing. There's a couple things going through my mind at this point. I'm thinking, number one, who steps out of a sauna, sees a pair of flip-flops, and think, I should try those on? They might fit. Like, where are we at as a culture? If any evidence that our culture needs a return back to God, this is it. That people are stealing sandals, y'all. I mean, we need Jesus as a society. The second thing I was thinking was, my wife is like really worked up about this. Why is she so mad? And I guess maybe it's because, you know, if something gets stolen from you, you do kind of get, I'm... I see some heads nodding. You're like, I'm going to go get that thing back. And so she goes marching off as if she's going to go find her flip-flops. And there's this one section down over here. It's this hot tub. And there's about five people in the tub. And you see their nice um, robes that the spa has given them. And then you see their footwear that, that's sitting there. And she marches over to the footwear. And she looks down. And she starts pointing at these flip-flops that I'm sure that this peop they, they, they had bought. I'm positive they'd purchased them. And she's like, these are them. These are them. She's just like, we're, we're definitely getting kicked out now because she's yelling, these are them at these flip-flops. And here's the thing, here's the whole point of the story is that some point in time on your faith journey, whether it's already happened to you or it's going to happen to you, there is going to be a circumstance that shows up that you did not bring about yourself that causes you to feel like faith got ripped out of your life. Because you used to have faith for miracles, but then you lost someone too soon. You used to have faith that God was so good, but then you had to endure a separation or a breakup. 
You used to believe God for miracles, but then came chronic pain. You used to believe God to save your son and daughter, but then they said, you know what? I'm never going to believe. And for whatever reason, something happened beyond your control and faith has been robbed from you. This is what the Bible says when talking about some stolen faith is this this Psalm 42. The psalmist is feeling this in his life because he says, day and night, my tears keep falling. My heart keeps crying for your help, God. Well, my enemies mock me over and over saying, where is this God of yours and why doesn't he help you? So watch what the psalmist does. He says, so I speak over my heartbroken soul, get some courage. And I want to speak that over the room today, that where faith has been robbed or stolen from you, to maybe get a little Pastor Rachel courage today and say, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go after it in Jesus' name. I had so many people after, ask us after the first service, did she get her sandals back? And I'm like, no, but I didn't tell you that because it like, takes away from the point of, come on, get up and get after it in Jesus' name. I'll tell you, because you can still, you can still piece together the point, even if the fact that The only reason she didn't get her sandals back was because, get over here and don't take that woman's sandals, which they probably were hers. But I was in the calmest, most relaxed place I'd been in six years. And I know it's been six years because our oldest is almost six years. And so I'm like, let's just let the $2 go, babe, and just soak and bask in this moment. Come on, somebody, get some courage. Go after what got taken from you by faith. Now, here's something I really think is important to understand about the heartbeat of this house. When we talk about contending for faith, that does not mean that you need to show up and pretend. You do not need to pretend that you have great faith. You just need to contend for faith. Let me give you a picture of this. In part of the cards I received this week, one of them was from someone who I think really described quite well what it's like to not pretend while you're learning to contend. And this is a card that was written for my 40th birthday, but I really think it was written for our whole church. I think that we need to hear this. This is what it says. And I asked for permission to read this, by the way. And they were so gracious to say that that you could hear this. It says, thank you for seeing my pain when I walked through those doors and accept me where I was, even though I hadn't yet. Finding God again and realizing he had never left me has been life-changing and challenging. Thanks for allowing me time to sit with the new me while still pressing me to become more. Did you hear that? Thanks, Resonate, for allowing people to not feel like they have to pretend while still challenging them to contend. Resonate has become my solid ground when all I knew was earthquakes and maybe that's you and maybe it wasn't your fault and maybe faith got snatched out of your life and you need a place where you can show up and feel like you can heal. That's also gonna call you up to contend and challenge. Our God does both. Our God is a healer. Our God will meet you where you are. You don't have to pretend, but he's also gonna call you out, call you to press on, call you to go back and fight for that faith that got robbed for you. So a couple of reasons that we might be living beneath the level of faith God's called us to. Number one, faith just got lost. It's that kind of drifting and kind of went my own way for a while, but then eventually it just feels like it's, it's out the door. Secondly, faith could be stolen. Here's the third reason that we might not be living with the measure of faith God has called us to. And it's this, it's that faith is costly. Costly faith. Jesus talked about costly faith. In fact, met a man who was wrestling with the cost of faith. In John chapter 3, it says there was a prominent religious leader among the Jews named Nicodemus. 
He was a part of a sect called the Pharisees and a member of the Jewish, Jewish ruling council. And one night he discreetly came to Jesus and said, Master, watch these words, we know. We know that you are a teacher from God, for no one performs the miracle signs that you do unless God's power is with them. Isn't it interesting that this group as a whole, that if you go on and you read the Gospels, you'll see that the Pharisees collectively rejected Jesus. And yet here Nicodemus tells us that they knew who he was and they actually believed who he was. Isn't it interesting that it's possible to believe in God but not surrender your life to him? It's possible to acknowledge that Jesus is God. It's possible to have that measure of faith and yet to not actually give him your life or choose to follow. And why? Because faith is costly. They knew who he was, but they also knew they'd lose their job. They knew who he was, but they also knew they would face the criticism of the crowd. They knew who he was, but they knew that there was something that they were going to have to give up to actually live by faith. And maybe that's where you're at today. And maybe that's the reason there's a gap between the faith that you have and the faith God's called you to have. Because you know that if you were to actually uh, level up your faith, that you'd have to maybe let go of some of the ways that you've seen things in the past. Maybe it would take the breakup of a relationship. Maybe it would take the, the leaving behind a worldview. Maybe it would take giving up something that you feel like you couldn't give up. And today God's actually saying, hey, I've got some good news for you that on the other side of giving me faith, there is better life for you. Watch this from Hebrews 11. We've already read from it, but I love how the chapter closes. This is what God says to you as he invites you to the cost of faith. Watch what he's also saying. God has invited us to live in something better, faith's fullness. So on the other side of costly faith is some fullness of faith. Faith is going to be the thing that enables you to pull the promises of God into reality in your life. Faith is going to be the thing that enables you to endure when life gets difficult. Collectively as a church, faith is going to be the reason we keep feeding hungry people and we keep sacrificing and we keep giving and we keep being generous and we live to give. Why? Faith. Faith will be the reason that in a few weeks we are going to open up our first ever headquarters. We're going to have a space for youth and, and, and junior highs and leadership development and office space and just a place to grow our leaders and our teams. We're going to have... Come on, somebody, faith will be the reason that we get to open that up. And here's the thing that I'm believing. Faith is going to be the reason that in that place, we're going to see a move of God amongst our junior high and our youth. I just, I'm so, I'm so glad that since we started Resonate, that we've seen a move of God among young adults. And you're here, many of you, because of that. But lately, you know what? I've been praying for a move of God amongst junior high and youth. I've been praying to this point. I've actually been praying, God, make them the engine of this house. I'm only praying that by faith because we don't have very many youth and junior highs in our church, but come on somebody, it is going to be faith. It's gonna be faith that causes some of you to become the leaders of that movement. Come on somebody. God's stirring that up in your heart right now. And you're like, yeah, I think I'm called to be part of that. I'd love for you to talk to me if that is stirred up in your heart. Come on, a move of God. Faith will be the reason that you invite your friends to church on Easter Sunday. Come on, somebody. Faith will be the reason that in the next several weeks, you pull out your phone and slam something up on Instagram, just thinking that maybe somebody will get on here and see, man, that's a cool place for me to go check out. I got the chance to meet someone after our first service who made a decision for Jesus today because they saw someone's Instagram last week. 
And then I had the chance to talk to the person who posted it. And she said, I was so scared when I did because I have so many friends that think it's insane that I go to church. Come on, somebody. Faith will be the reason that you take a next step. And then somebody else will get their miracle. Come on. Faith will be the reason that one day we open our permanent facility in the Tri-Cities, a permanent house for Resonate Church. Come on, faith. It's going to be by faith. I'm standing with you that faith will be the reason that you see salvation come to that son or that daughter or that mom or that dad or that sister or that brother. Come on, it's going to be faith. Let's not give up today. Let's keep contending. Faith, faith, by faith. We're going to pull God's promises into reality. So what's the next step today for where you're at? You got a little bit of lost faith? Not as white hot as it used to be? What's the next step of God's word for us today? God's just saying, remember. Remember. He's pulling out the timeline and he's saying, what? remember what you were doing right there. Start doing some more of that again. Oh, he's a good God. He's a good father. Maybe faith got stolen from you. Man, we've all, I think we've all been there. And if, if you haven't, I'm pretty sure you will at some point. What's the response to stolen faith? You don't need to pretend, but you are going to need to contend. And we're going to contend along with you. There will be moments when your faith is down. And you're going to step into this atmosphere of faith. And God's going to lift your faith. I know that so many times in my own journey, even as I'm praying for miracles and praying for things, I, I need. sometimes I just need to get around one of my friends that's got just a little bit more faith than me that day. And it elevates my faith. Come on. You're, one of the ways you simply contend is just keep showing up and let faith elevate you in this place in Jesus' name.